0: Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church.
1: In the last show we were talking about I uh, approach to church government and we were talking about uh how to form a free government. I said I would be talking about that next. What we're gonna look at is uh well we, we looked at a church document that was a little controversial rolling around on our network uh that somebody else had created and there was some serious flaws there and I what I was mostly concerned with was the fact that, that people were not seen the serious flaws. I, I'm not really surprised at that. Because there are huge flaws in the thinking of people all over the world. And uh, they don't see the flaw in their own thinking. They don't, they don't know what's actually driving society. What's driving their thinking. Their personal thinking. And we talked in one of the last shows that we did uh, on another network. Uh, about uh, the collective consciousness. About uh a lot of other things, how that works, and that there's at least two different collective consciousnesses you know when people talk about pure conscious i'm I'm meditating to get into a pure conscious state you know there is a pure evil conscious state, <laughs> and there's a pure good conscious state, and if you're meditating what consciousness are you trying to get into and we talked a little bit about new age and and this the dangers that are lurking about in new age and spiritism and all that stuff because evil is always this parallel to what is good that it it creates a world that is much like the world that God intended but with a difference and how do you know which one you're actually going and so i you know i've been I've been working for now over uh you know three and a half hours trying to get ready for the show and to put this information together in a way that everybody can hear and understand it and can follow along and uh i'm I'm dealing with uh a number of different ideas, and I thought about this title of this show being Tracking the Beast. Uh, and when I said that i I kind of flashed on an image of when I was tracking a mountain lion that had been you know right above our place uh I was actually fighting with two coyotes. There's a symbol for you a mountain lion fighting with two coyotes uh directly above uh the house here where you could see him out in the uh, unfortunately, I'd gone out without my glasses and i wasn't wasn't quite. Sure what I was looking at. <laughs> and then I, I, uh, I, I got my glasses and, uh, looked up there and sure enough there was a uh, coyote's h- hounding or harassing a poor little mountain lion. And, uh, so anyway, the coyotes ran off in one direction and the mountain lion ran off in the other, uh, when I startled them. And, um I followed the mountain lion and I, I was, walking along tracking them and I was underneath these rocks and I suddenly flashed on an image of the mountain lion on the rocks above me (laughs) watching me because that's uh, that's the thing with the mountain lion he's gonna get around behind you and uh, I I knew a guy who used to hunt mountain lions and uh, he he hunted them with his border collies I said a border collies any good at tracking Mountain lions? And, uh, he said, oh well, they don't track the mountain lion. I just know that we're getting close when the border collies are all behind me. <laughs> but he, more than once, he was tracking a mountain lion and it ended up that the mountain lion was behind him. And, uh, so when the, the border collies are now getting in front of you suddenly, then you know that there's a mountain lion behind you. They, they seem to know where it is, uh but they're not they're not like hound dogs. They're not gonna be looking for it. <laughs> they're looking they get closer to you because uh, they know you got the gun, you know. So anyway, tracking the beast is a tricky job because the beast is going to get behind you and in you in the process of tracking the beast. Now there is a pause. Uh, uh, for wisdom to sink in. Because I know lots of people are tracking the beast. They're trying to figure out, you know, how is evil taking over in the world today? And they don't realize it, that they are actually a part of the beast's plan. You know, you always have to remember Hillary's favorite book. I was always astounded. She said it was 1984. And in that, the guy gets in with the underground to try to fight this new world order of the the book. And uh, he finds out eventually that the, the underground is run by the new world order too. And so there's a lot of people out there telling you, Oh, the problem is this. Oh, the problem is that. And they're revealing part of the conspiracy. But they themselves are instruments of the beast. Because the beast spirit is within them. They're a part of the collective consciousness of the beast. Because the beast knows that some of you are going to start waking up. And so they send the beast, the spirit of the beast. It's not like somebody called up, you know, from the Vatican or from, you know, the Illuminati and said, Okay, I want you to go out there and I want you to... Start telling people this to distract them so that they don't find the real answer doesn't have to do that. the spirit itself works in men, and that spirit will automatically do the bidding of evil and we're gonna we're gonna compound on this, and we're gonna show you some interesting things about how evil manifests itself from age upon age by age. I mean, you've seen the movies. You know, where they had the symbols of Satan, and those symbols show up again. In the darndest places. It's amazing how those symbols will show up. Well, the symbols, you know, for people who, you know, are studiers of symbols, they say, oh, well, that's the same symbol that's back here in Babylon, and this is the symbol over here, and this was back in, in Isis, uh, you know, in, uh, uh, the, uh, in the days of Egypt, and." uh, and all these gods of Egypt. And and you find the same symbol back there. But uh, you'll actually find... Where people take on a particular spirit... Of, uh, that has a particular personality. And when they take on that spirit... They will start to emulate the actual... Mannerisms... And gestures... And facial expressions... And paranoias of those individuals that have lived 50 years, 100 years, 1000 years before them. And they will play the same role in society. Now, because we have videos, you can go back and you can see videos of, you know, people like Hitler and Mussolini and, and uh, because they were on film, they were on camera. And now you can go out and you can actually find people that emulate the same gestures, facial patterns, facial expressions. And you can actually see the videos of those individuals before they took on that spiritual personality. And then after they took on that spiritual personality. And you see, well, wait a minute, he looks like almost like a different guy. When he's you know going through these antics, and then now I see the same antics going through other men who are alive today running for political office and and women as well and it is a spiritual identity that is getting into people. Now I don't want to pick on political leaders because you need to know you need to understand that political leaders are a product of the spirit that is flowing through you. You feed those political leaders, you create them. You you create the avenue from which they may rise to power. Even if you don't vote, you're a part of that problem because you're a part of that collective consciousness that allows them to come into being. You know, in hell everybody has a common personality. But there are also a variety of personalities in hell where they have different identities. You know, there'll be the beast, uh, the evil that is, you know, beating everybody up. The orcs and the goblins and all these kinds of personalities that we see representing evil. The big guys, the little guys, the mousy guys. All those personalities exist. They have certain things in common. Anger, selfishness they themselves are afraid and like to overcome that by making others afraid. You know, and you see these personalities and you can actually see them in uh, kindergarten. <laughs> and But you also have another personality which is the personality of Christ. And that personality of Christ is, is forgiving and giving and serving and honest. Doesn't bear false witness. I mean, there's not a lie in Christ. But there's a lie in almost everybody in hell. The lie may change slightly, but there's a lie there somewhere. Deception, somewhere. Anger, somewhere. Resentment, somewhere. Anger, fear, same thing. Just different manifestations of the same personality trait. Christ is not afraid. Christ is not angry. Christ is humble. You can't humiliate Christ because he's already humble. So, do you have the personality of Christ as you're tracking the beast? Because if you don't, you may become the very beast that you're tracking. You may let that beast in. He may devour your soul as you track him down. You become like that which you hate. Because you find the kingdom by what you love. And and, and now, if you go back to Aramaic and Greek words, there are words that we translate as hate which means not like. Not, uh, not attentive to. I, I, you know, there, you know, there might be some food that I hate, but I don't really hate it. I just don't have any interest in it. I don't, I don't spend any time hating it. I just don't look for it. I, uh, you know, when I, I don't even see it in the store when I'm shopping. Uh, I don't plant it in my garden. Because I have no interest in it. And so that that in, in the course of language. You would say well he hates that. Well he simply doesn't love that. He loves something else. And so that's where his attention is going to go. So in, anyway in the last show. We talked about all kinds of things. Uh, in this collective consciousness and everything. But in order to have a free government. You have to have the consciousness of Christ. You have to have the personality of Christ. You have to come in the name of Christ. Now, if you go out in the modern churches, most of the modern churches today are not doing hardly anything in the name of Christ. They're claiming to be doing things in the name of Christ. But they're the false Christ. They're not really coming in the name of Christ. They're deluding the people. They're leading them away. And it's the same thing with the people that are trying to expose the truth and show you the evil of the world. Many of them may be well-intentioned. I believe that everybody at one point or another and in some time during their life was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And we know Peter was inspired by the Holy Spirit because he says, You know this not because flesh and blood has revealed it to you, but my Father in heaven. And and, and Jesus said, That's the Peter that knowing by revelation, true revelation, not imagination, but revelation. And that revelation is what he's going to build his church on. And everybody has had at least a taste of that revelation somewhere in their life. I don't know. I, don't, I doubt there's, you know, I can't say everybody because they don't know everybody. But I haven't come across anybody that has not tasted to some degree or another a revelation of the Holy Spirit. But Peter had that revelation and then betrayed Christ. So, what's the deal? And Jesus said, you know, I'm going to pray for you when you do that. And this is Peter, who have been following Christ for years now. So you can have revelation and still betray Christ. And still need to be prayed for in hopes that you repent. Because if you don't repent... If you betray Christ, you betray the Holy Spirit. And there is no forgiveness for betraying, betraying the Holy Spirit as long as you continue to betray the Holy Spirit. In other words, deny the truth that the Holy Spirit is telling you. And what would keep you from denying the Holy Spirit? Uh, what would keep you denying the Holy Spirit? Vanity. Pride. Lack of humility. Humility is a positive thing. Pride is the absence of Humility. Humility is the power. Love is the power. Mostly what you see as hate is the result of the absence of love. The absence of forgiveness. That's the power. That's the positive thing. That's the light. Darkness is the absence of the light. So anyway, those are principles that we're going to kind of try to refer to as we talk about tracking the beast and who is tracking the beast and who is exposing the beast and there's all sorts of guys out there and i'm going to mention some of them and i'm not condemning any of them that's not my intention to condemn them my intention is to try to shine light and i'm doing this through a you know a recording of my voice with words going out that's all over there in the tree of knowledge unless you're willing to receive the tree of life, which does not come from me, it comes from God. Unless you're willing to receive that light and see where you yourself have failed or turned away from the light or refused to see the light or unless you're willing to see the truth about yourself and your own anger, your own hate, your own unforgiveness, your own laziness, your own sloth. Unless you're willing to see that None of this knowledge will do you any good. None of this information will do you any good. It'll just be another branch in the tree of knowledge. Only the Spirit giveth life. But there is the Holy Spirit and there is the unholy Spirit. There is the collective consciousness of Christ and the collective consciousness of Satan. And when you track the beast, are you serving the beast? Or are you serving the righteousness of God? Are you preaching what Christ preached? Which is to love thy neighbor, even love thy enemy. Or are you preaching hate and judgment and anger and it's their fault? It's not your fault, it's their fault. Guess what? It's your fault. You're not saved. It's not Christ's fault. It's not Darth Vader's fault. It's not the Illuminati's fault. If you're not saved, it's your fault. And because you've seen some truth does not make you saved. You may need being prayed for like Peter did because Peter, when he betrayed Christ, he was in a lot of trouble. He had need of repentance. And if you do not repent, you are not saved because you still repent of what? Repent of denying the Holy Spirit, the truth. The truth will set you free. You must admit the truth. You must see the truth. You must submit to the truth. Including the truth about yourself. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, I can see the truth about him. And I can see the truth about him. And I can see the truth about those people over there. But can you see the truth about yourself? Because the truth about them is not going to save you. And this is one of the things with the people who track the beast. They're always pointing to the evil someone else did. That's very popular. People will pay a lot of money. To go hear you point out the bad things that the beast is doing. But people don't pay much for you to come and point out the bad things that they are doing. (laughs) That's that's not big money in that. (laughs) I can guarantee you that people are not going to pay to hear what they're doing wrong. (laughs) For the most part. And so anyway uh we talked about uh you know we we'll, we'll make these shows available eventually in this uh, on the, the I did on this other network um, i just went through and edited it the last one i did and i talk about the cl- global consciousness project where you know what people are thinking is actually affecting they they register that is actually affects the physical reality around us because people are thinking about a particular thing, especially during dramatic events or intense events, is that it actually begins to change in a noticeable, calculatable way the physical reality around you. What it really is changing is the thinking in people around you. And if they're thinking in the ways of evil, in the collective consciousness of Darth Vader and evil and you know, uh, Saruman, and, you know, all the wicked of the universe, if they're thinking in that collective consciousness, their whole consciousness is dragged into the current of that thought. And so being angry at the people who commit evil in the world is giving them attention. Hating them is giving them attention. I mean, angry hate, judgmental hate. You're you're being drawn into their pattern of thought. They're affecting your thinking. You want your thinking to be affected by the Holy Spirit, by the consciousness of Christ. You know, I I don't know. I don't want to use the consciousness of Christ terminology too much. It kind of freaks uh, of Rosicrucian and Freemason, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the reality is, there is a personality of Christ, the name of Christ. And you want to think according to the ways of Christ. You want to be one with Christ in your thinking, in your heart, in your mind. You want to let God write upon your heart and your mind. And in order to do that, you must come into conformity with Christ. In other words, you must do things in this world in the name of Christ. So anyway, we're going to mention a few names when we come back. We're going to mention uh different people that I, some of them I've known over the years, 50 years ago, I knew some of these people that are whose names are famous in in the movement for exposing the truth. And we're gonna we're gonna see if we can't track the beast without getting devoured. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Um, so some of these people, you know, I mean, like uh, Tupper Saucy, who wrote Rulers of Evil. He wrote Miracle on Main Street. Um, I knew him before he ever even got into trouble. <laughs> so we were exchanging letters back and forth. And then later when he, uh, he of course he went underground. I kind of lost touch with him while he was underground. He wasn't con- contacting very many people. Did some jail time. And uh one of the things, one of his prosecutors was uh, supposedly a Jesuit priest. uh At least he was a Jesuit. If he was a priest, uh, he would be in under a vow of poverty. And I always wondered, well, okay, he's a federal prosecuting attorney, but he's under a vow of poverty. Well, now, what is his religious order? And I've met attorneys who have been in religious orders. I have a lot of questions I would like to ask them. They probably wouldn't answer me anyway. <laughs> One of them was a Jewish attorney who wore a hamaca in the courtroom, and he got away with it. It uh, was hooked on with bobby pins, and they allowed him to wear a hamaca. I mean, you, anybody who goes into court, you're not, you're not allowed to wear a hat, but he was, and there's a whole reason why that is. And, but that's a little off the point. But uh, anyway, I knew Tupper way back. I, even the guy who did the artwork for Miracle on Main Street, I knew him back. In the late '50s, which is sixty some years ago, the uh, or almost sixty years ago, I guess uh, yeah, uh, close to that. I knew him over half a century ago. It's amazing how many of these people I've come across. Uh, Greg Anthony um, Zamansky been on his show. Um, there's another Greg Anthony, Gregory Anthony, who is um, the the lawful path. And uh Patrick Eric John Phelps, uh L B Bork, uh you know, and we actually started putting together a page where there's so many of these people that uh where we're starting to discuss some of these people and, and where they might be steering you wrong. I mean that I'm not saying they're wrong about everything. I mean Tupper amazing researcher, but he was wrong about a couple of things. And uh I shared a letter with him, but it was shortly before he he passed away about it but uh anyway the uh, the point is is that you're not supposed to be following these people it's fine to listen to them but you have to be very careful because if they're tracking the beast they they might be leading you right into the clutches of the beast because the beast is very clever uh what you want to be following is Christ and uh the reason some of this came up in conjunction with, you know, what is a free government, how does a free government work, is I I got uh, a letter from uh, PAC, uh, which is L.B. Bork, and uh, he was announcing that Eric uh, Phelps is going to be talking in, is it the Catskills somewhere, you know, three-day course uh, for $300. And I was noticing the accommodations were rather... Uh, cheap. Uh, seemed to be a very low price for what they were offering. There was limited accommodations, sharing meals and things like that. But it says that this course normally is eighteen hundred and fifty dollars and they're going to be giving it for three hundred dollars. Well if you if you're giving a course for three hundred dollars and you get a hundred people to show up, you're talking a lot of money for a weekend. <laughs> That's a lot of money. I don't know how many people they will get show up, but uh, you know, I'm just doing the math on that. But uh, you know, he—some of you may not even know who John uh, Eric John Phelps is, but he talks a lot about the Black Pope and the Catholic Church, and you know how it's controlling everything uh, behind the scenes. And uh, and I actually have some experience with that. I was raised in the Catholic Church. I knew people who lived. Uh, at least lived in the Vatican, although they moved away from the Vatican when I met them. And, uh, revealed all kinds, and I've told you stories about some of the stuff that they have shared. Uh, and these weren't Jesuits. These were n- another religious society. And I've also met Jesuits in remarkably peculiar places. <laughs> Besides being the attorney for Tupper, uh, against Tupper, prosecuting attorney against Tupper Saucy. I met them in other places too, and there's another order that's not the Jesuit order that is actually a shadow order of the Jesuit, has the same identical constitution as the Jesuits. But if you actually go and and meet the average Jesuit that is teaching in some college or something, they're not really a part of any conspiracy that they know of. And of course, that's, that's the best way to work it, is that they... And some of them might even be legitimately decent men looking to serve God and, you know, they're raised Catholic and they end up being Jesuit priests. But it's, it's kind of like Masons. Uh, most Masons aren't really a part of any international conspiracy, but if you, you get high enough up, then there's somebody back there who's kind of a puppet master, uh, manipulating and, you know, manipulating judges and, manipulating politics and and that's the thing is where who's really orchestrating thing who is the real puppet master and what is the real plan Uh, because you know we're going to mention a number of other people the fact is the Jesuit order has been pretty much on the decline as far as its teaching certificates there's a whole lot of people who become Jesuits who you never even see you never even know generally speaking that they're Jesuits. Uh, and they're, they're mingled into things, but really it's kind of on decline. And, and some people complain about the fact you mention a black Pope, cause he isn't really the Pope. He's just the head of the Jesuit order. And, you know, that's kind of a nickname. I mean, there's a red Pope who's the head of the assembly of Cardinals. And then there's the white Pope that everybody sees, um, but they don't call the head of the Assembly of Cardinals the Red Pope. I mean, uh, uh he's just the head of that group. Pope just means Papa, Father. So anyway, we've talked about that, the rise of the Catholic Church out of the, the works of Constantine. But, you know, Constantine wasn't running it. He just kind of gave it a big jump start and created a whole group of Christians who did not have to repent and get baptized. They just had to get baptized. And they did start a social welfare system that operated by charity, but like I said, it was jump-started by millions upon millions of dollars that was given in land and property and buildings that was given to it by Constantine. But it never really got anywhere. It had a lot of influence in courts of like Charlemagne, etc., etc., but it really never got anywhere because the real church was operating the way it always did to the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And even though you mentioned tens, hundreds, and thousands, the real, real, real church is operating according to the Holy Spirit. And it's been around from generation to generation for centuries upon centuries upon centuries, but it doesn't always get in the press. Because it's kind of, for the last thousand years, had to go underground. But the church is always written in your heart and in your mind. So there's always been people who have been a part of the true church. But you don't necessarily see them in the news. If you start seeing them big in the news, the time is short. <laughs> you can count on that. But it's difficult to tell who who is who. Because, you know, I mean, Peter was great guy and then all of a sudden he denies Christ and then he comes back and he's better than ever. And So, who is really? And and it it matters, but it doesn't matter because, really, you're on your own journey. You're not supposed to be following somebody else. You're supposed to be following Christ. You're supposed to be following the Holy Spirit. That is your comforter, not somebody else. When you want to go to church to be comforted, you want to go to church for fellowship, heck, you can go down to the country club for fellowship. You don't go to church for fellowship Although we can define fellowship a couple of different ways. You go to church too because that's where Christ sends you. The Holy Spirit sends you. You gather together because the Holy Spirit is gathering you together. Not because I sent you. Now, I think it's probably way better off that you uh gather with people who at least are claiming to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Rather than gather with some ball club or down at the bar. But there's no guarantee that if you gather in a congregation that these people will persevere until the end. So you're not following each other again. You're you're going there because Christ sent you there to do Christ's will, and you may not know what that is. And I've I've told bizarre stories about how I'm I'm suddenly I'm working on a roof and I'm supposed to call somebody up and say I'm going to go with them, and I go to a church I have no interest in whatsoever. And I know I'm supposed to meet somebody. And I meet them there for a brief moment. And dramatic events take place in the meeting. And then I don't see them again. What happened? What was the connection? And I see that pattern over and over again. Something is imparted. Something is touched in somebody else. It it steers somebody in another direction. It changes their thinking. It puts them on another path. Helps them, maybe, somehow. I don't know. It's mysterious. But that's what comes from serving Christ. He will tell you to do the strangest things. They they won't, They should be in conformance with the Ten Commandments. I mean, He's not going to tell you to go in and shoot up somebody. Or, you know, start killing all these people. Or these crazy things that you see going. If somebody's telling you to do that, you're not listening to the Spirit of Christ. Pretty Pretty well given. That, that that's you're listening to another collective consciousness. So anyway, the the Pope is playing some role in all this. There's no two ways about it. The Catholic Church, the Jesuits, they're all playing a role. But their their plan is a plan within a plan. They are not really the orchestrators of these events. They they they're they're playing a role, the same as you know whatever's left of the Illuminati and. You know, the Freemasons and all these guys, they all they all got their fingers in there like somehow or other they're in control, but they're not really the ones that are in control. The evil is in control. And it may manifest itself through them, but it could man that evil can also manifest itself in the beast trackers. These guys trying to expose evil. Because, see, you're going to, evil knows, okay, some of you are going to start waking up and realize that everything is not exactly as it seems. And so they're going to, you're going to start looking for answers. And you need to have guys out there who will give you some of those answers, but not the real answer. Not the whole answer. Not the whole truth. They'll tell you, oh, look at this. Oh, look at Building 7. Oh, look at this conspiracy. Oh, look at the normal weapons of mass destruction. Oh, look at this. Hillary is a liar and she deleted emails. And look at these things. But they're not going to get you to look at yourself and your own failings and your own weaknesses. They're going to get you worked up. They're not going to teach you to be still and know they're they're not going to teach you to obey the Holy Spirit. They're going to get you to follow them, and they're going to play pointing out everybody else's wrongs. And you'll pay them three hundred bucks for a weekend so that they will show you everybody else's wrongs. Who's going to pay three hundred bucks for a weekend for me to show you your wrong, <laughs> where you're failing, where your shortcomings are? <laughs> Nobody wants to know that. They want to know what everybody else is doing wrong. You know, the the, the, uh, the Catholic Church is, you know, the hierarchy. I mean, your average Catholic hasn't got a clue. Like I say, most of the, the ministers and priests and teachers and nuns, I mean, they're, they're just people like anybody else. There are some people who are really in the know about what's going on in the world and the banking systems and... Get on to that, and we'll talk about financial powers and, and etc., but only to bring you back to the truth about you know, um, the king what it is to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, you know, because I mean, people like Ken O'Keefe, you know, exposing the financial system, and he and he does, He's he's right about a lot of stuff he says, but he misses it. It doesn't go far enough, and I'll show you where, but anyway, let's go back. There's going to be these rumors of wars and uh, c- people creating fear, terrorism, 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 scary, scary, scary economic collapse, economic collapse all and all those things will probably take place, but we read you know that we read that in matthew twenty four six and and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled and and that word troubled there uh that that's a greek word throwyo uh from uh Triome. which does mean trouble but it actually means to cry aloud and remember we're supposed to be studying to be still and know but all these rumors of wars and, and hear about wars and what which is just really conflicts it's not just the word war it can be the word war but It's any kind of disputes and strifes. I mean, politics. The whole campaign now. You know, people voting for Trump because they fear Hillary. And people, I actually know somebody who wants to vote for Hillary because he fears Trump. Uh, That's actually the case. He's actually so afraid of Trump that he's actually talking about voting for Hillary. (laughs) So everybody's voting out of fear. Because that's the bad guy. That's the boogeyman. That's the beast. That's the the thing we're supposed to be afraid of. And so they're, they're all crying out. They're all trying to get this other solution. But nobody's looking at themselves, their own part. You can do something about you. You can't do much about those other guys. He says, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. And why is he talking about the end? The end of what? And actually, if you go back to verse... That was verse 6. If you go back to verse like 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of their coming? Of the end of the world. Now, that word world there is not the end of the planet. That's not what, what he's talking about. The end of the planet. What what will be the end of the world they don't they're not talking about the end of the planet so what are they talking about what 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 is this thing that they're talking about well is it the end of the age is it the end of the system of government constitutional order or system of government because those are the two words that that are sometimes used in in reference to the end of the world as the end of an age or the end of a constitutional order or system of government and the beginning of another. A different kind of constitutional order or system of government which may bring us back to the discussion in Ken O'Keefe's work. So what what is the signs of its coming? Well, the reality is to some degree the end of the constitutional order and system of government took place in 66 and 67 AD with the fall of Jerusalem. That was the end of an age, end of a a political order with the destruction of Jerusalem. That took place. You know, I always was very interested in, in this where Jesus says to Caiaphas, You shall see me coming upon a cloud. Did Is there a lie in Jesus? He said, You shall see me coming upon a cloud. To Caiaphas, specifically talking to Caiaphas, addressing Caiaphas. And yet there's reports of men marching and standing in the clouds over Jerusalem and Titus pulling back his forces because they see men standing in the clouds. So did that prediction of Jesus coming upon a cloud actually already take place and Caiaphas was there and Caiaphas saw it because Caiaphas was probably still alive. He was a pretty young man when he became high priest. He was the son of the uh, son-in-law of Ananias. And it was Ananias' sons who had been the high priests for consecutive years. Uh And he was running out of sons. So now his son-in-law was the high priest. And Jesus took the time to address G- this guy, Caiaphas, and tell him this. Why did he do that? Why did he tell Caiaphas that? I believe it's because he knew Caiaphas was going to repent. And he was letting Caiaphas know that you're going to see me. You don't know it yet. You're going to see me. Just the same as Jesus knew that Peter was going to betray him. And, and, and in essence, he's telling Caiaphas, I'm going to pray for you when you see me. Maybe by the time he saw him, he had already repented. Because they've recently found Caiaphas' bone box. And in Caiaphas' bone box were three nails that would normally be used for crucifixion. So either Caiaphas was crucified or those are the nails that crucified Christ. And he wanted to be buried with those nails because he felt the guilt of condemning Christ. Because he became a Christian, which would explain all the bizarre, uh, unreadable, I mean, we don't know where they came from, supposedly archaeologists don't understand them, but they don't understand symbols, on his bone box. And, and there's all kinds of people trying to say, oh no, that's not an authentic bone box, and that's not really, but there's all kinds of people who are finding out that, no, that is authentic, and it does say Caiaphas, and it is the right time, and there were these bones in it, and there were three spikes that would be used in crucifixion in the box. So did he become a Christian? It would, it, if you, once you understand Christ, He isn't saying, you shall see me coming upon a cloud to be vindictive. He's telling them, I know your fate. I know your future. It's okay. I'm supposed to go to the cross here. I'm not going to hold this against you. I'm forgiving you. Now, while you condemn me. That's Christ. Can you do that? Could you do that? Could you forgive the Pope and the black Pope? and? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the Freemasons? Are you really walking in the love of Christ? Whoa! I mean, some of you can't even forgive your neighbor, or people in your congregation, or people that might be in your congregation, or somebody who slights you. You know, because he didn't want to come and meet you. Can you forgive him? I mean, so that it's just like seeing anybody else when you see him, because if it's not. Then you haven't really forgiven them. Jesus went on to say in verse 4, answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, claiming to be Christ, servants of Christ, ministers of Christ, and they shall deceive many. Many will say, you know, he tells you in a whole parable that many, many will say they come in my name and that they're, you know, that they've served me. But he says, get ye from me, I know you not. So how do we know who is really serving Christ? Just because they're pointing out the beast does not mean that. They may be distracting you from really following the answer. You know, it's like Ken O'Keefe. We might as well get to that before we get too far into this. Uh, if you ask me how the world functions, this is his answer, then you have to understand one thing plain and simple. The head of the snake The system of power is headed by the financial system. That's what he says. Bankers rule the earth. But who rules your heart? Is it so essential to know the head of the snake or know the heel of righteousness? Yeah, we'll talk about that when we return to Keys of the Kingdom. Be there.
0: Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church.
1: Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. And we're talking about the kingdom of God. And we were talking about uh, the bankers owning the earth. But uh, do they own you? You know, you're made of earth. You're made of dirt. You're walking, living, breathing dirt. Your families and your friends are to form altars of clay, altars of Adama. That means you're to come together. Why are you to come together? So you have fellowship. Well, in one sense of the word, yes. In another sense of the word, no. A lot of times what we call fellowship is actually a bunch of vampires getting together, feeding off of one another. That you you get a charge out of being together. That, you know, it's the, the flock mentality. Birds of a feather flock together. You want to be of the feather of Christ. You want to be of the way of Christ. Christ doesn't come to get anything from anybody else. He doesn't come to get a sense of belonging. He already belongs to the Father. If you come together to get a sense of belonging, you missed it. You come together to serve. His Holy Church is His Holy Church separate. It's different. It doesn't work like the churches of the world. You know, people make such a big thing about not being a 501c3 incorporation. And there's some truth to that. But the truth is you want to be a part of the Spirit of God. Manifesting the Spirit of God in everything that you do. Until John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven was established by force. But John the Baptist did not use force. He said, you need to use faith, hope, and charity. You need to do it by charity, by sharing, by free will offerings. Not by forcing. And you know, the world governments of the world force contributions, but the governments of the false church Forced contributions by guilt. And I do tell you that you need to give. The same as I tell you you need to forgive. But I'm not going to tell you who to give to. You have to choose that. But as to who to forgive, you forgive everybody. Because your forgiveness is not an absolution. absolution. What you're doing by forgiving is leaving judgment to God. God will take care of them. Peter did not judge Ananias. He left the judgment to God and the Holy Spirit took him out. That's powerful. You need to understand how that works. But to understand how that works means to agree how that works. Not to figure it out intellectually. Intellectually. And the way you agree on how that works is stop trying to force other people to conform to what you think they ought to do. They have a right to decide what they ought to do and they often decide wrongly but they have the right to decide that and they will suffer the consequences of that. It doesn't mean that you don't rebuke as many as you love. You may say, you know, what you're doing is wrong. That's fine. But stop trying to force them with threats and coercion. You know, O'Keefe says that bankers are the top of the pyramid. They are uh, a plan and simple... uh, They have this plan and that they are plain and simple psychopaths, he calls them. They are drunk on their own power. Uh, they are used to getting everything they want. They can buy anything and anyone that can be bought. Well, Christ can't be bought. Christ was rich. He gave away his money. The bankers of the world don't even offer you real money. They offer you you know fake money with real power. <laughs> And people want that power, and they go after that. I saw O'Keefe on a on a YouTube uh, where uh, it was a whistleblower YouTube uh, video, uh, the Great Israel Project, and it's very clear that O'Keefe is, you know has a Palestinian proclivity. He, he's, he's not against necessarily Jews, at least it doesn't appear to be. But he is against the Zionists, which are not the same thing. I can find you all kinds of Jews that are against the Zionists. And the Zionists are these nation builders. And of course, the Zionists don't do anything that like Moses says. As a matter of fact, almost everything they do is the direct opposite of what Moses said. So it doesn't have anything to do with Jews um, or Jewish traditions or what have you. Uh, but he talks about people awakening to this plan and exposing this plan and how, you know, it's reaching out to Iraq and Iran and, and to keep all the Arab countries in a state of chaos. But, you know, like Saudi Arabia, I mean, it's, it's chaotic order now. I mean, it's that, that government is full of evil. Just astoundingly amount of evil in that government and in that place. But then, what government doesn't? It doesn't have evil. Governments are today. When we say government, we're talking about positions of power, and power draws evil. And people give power to government because they're lazy and slothful and are not tending to the weightier matters themselves. They want want to elect some official who will straighten things out and make us great or give us stuff. As long as they want that, they're not going to have a political solution. Their politics will be the problem. Uh, O'Keefe talks about restoring the Constitution as if the Constitution is the answer. The Constitution was opposed by most Americans and had it been put to a popular vote, it would have been voted down. It was not popular with the American people who were the true fathers of the nation because they were actual fathers of families and that's what a nation is, is people. What we call the founding fathers are the founders of a political organization. But a nation is not a political organization. A nation is a people. Political organization is some sort of bureaucracy that you create. Well, Christ created a bureaucracy and he called it the church. But their bureaucracy that Christ created could not exercise authority one over the other. It wasn't to be done by force, which we just talked about in the last show. You can't do it by force, you can't do it by guilt, you can't do it by mental manipulation or threats. You have to do it by faith, hope, and charity, love, and the perfect law of liberty, which is love. Restoring the Constitution is not your solution. The Constitution gives you the right to contract. You're in trouble not because they don't follow the Constitution, you're in trouble because you're not following Christ. You need to repent and start following Christ. And being mad at the world is not the solution. Yeah, the world is screwing up. Doing bad things. But are you doing good things? Are you following the ways of righteousness? Are you seeking righteousness in all the things that you do? We were preparing for the uh, uh, education homeschooling uh, symposium. To put together you know, some information for those people who want to homeschool, which should be everybody. And we came across a guy named Vargas who was on a board and suddenly quit and is basically telling everybody that you're going to have to get your kids out of school because they're suddenly teaching your children immorality, you know, with all the gay agenda and transgender stuff and everything that uh, you have to get your kids out of school to... Keep them from this. But the reality is you've already taught your children how to covet your neighbor's goods through the men who exercise authority one over the other because you sent your kids to public school. You've already abandoned the morality of Christ. You've already abandoned God because you have elected leaders who could exercise authority and force your neighbor to contribute so that you can have free education. The greatest destroyers of liberty are the givers of gifts, gratuities, and benefit in public education. Is a benefit mm-hmm. having, the gover- having the government take care of your parents in their old age is abandoning the ways of God. It's abandoning the commandment that says, "Thou shalt honor thy father and the mother." Not Elect men who call themselves benefactors to force the contributions of the neighbor to take care of your elderly. The money you pay into Social Security is going to take care of the elderly now. There is no money on deposit for you. You paid in because you're taking care of the parents that other people did not take care of. And and not just parents. You're taking care of drug addicts and all the guys on methadone that are on Social Security and just everybody. I know all kinds of people that are on Social Security that you know are under thirty five, and some that that are under twenty on Social Security. Plenty of them. That's Corbin. That's your sacrifice. It's not on deposit for you. It's a sacrifice for those who need now. Which is fine. Except for the fact that it is done by force. You should have been doing that voluntarily. If you weren't, if you aren't, you have abandoned the ways of Christ, the ways of Moses, the ways of uh the early church. You are neither Jew nor Christian. You are anti-Christ. You are anti-Moses. And the Zionists, they've done this. You've done this. Uh, the people in Holland have done this. The people in Australia have done this. The people in China have done this. They look to the government to provide them with their benefaction. I remember used, we used to go to benediction in the Catholic Church. Benediction. Well said. But you have been telling your children it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods, to force them to pay for your education, for your health care, for your, to take care of your parents. It's okay to force them to do that. And you're doing this by contract. How does restoring the Constitution get rid of that? You see, that's drawing you into the collective consciousness of the beast. You're a corpuscle of the beast. You're one of his cell groups. You're not an altar dedicated to God, either an altar of clay or an altar of stone. You're not taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity like John the Baptist said. You're taking care of one another, providing education, welfare, social security, by force. You have need of Repentance. You talk about, O'Keefe talks about them being a, you know, the government being a den of traitors. He points out that the con- Congress is a den of traitors. And everybody goes, yeah! 90% of all those people that are saying that are a den of traitors. They've betrayed Christ already. They already forced their neighbor to contribute to their welfare one way or another. he talks about, you know, how Obama, you know, his drones can kill anyone, anywhere, anytime. Well, you can take away from your neighbor. Every time you take a drop of blood from your neighbor, take a bite out of your neighbor, you're killing them. One bite at a time. Be careful you do not bite one another, lest ye be devoured. You are all biting one another by sending your kids to public education or health care or welfare or whatever. So you say, oh, well, I'm not doing that. I'm homeschooling my kids, so I'm not doing that. But are you the welfare of others? Are you a government that provides welfare through faith, hope, and charity? Now, it should be pretty easy because there's hardly anybody looking to do that. So the few of you should get together, hardworking people, and start giving on a regular basis to become the welfare. And people say, well, you know, I want to give to the church on... You know, but I want to see the church saving up money so there'll be money there for me. You know, that like we're supposed to run some kind of social security program. No, we run it exactly like they do. The money that comes in we spend today or tomorrow, soon. It flows through quickly. But your treasure is not in our treasury. Jesus said, Don't put it all in a treasury. Your treasure is in the fact that you're a network of people who are learning to care about their neighbor, even those that are far away or nearby. They're casting their bread upon the waters daily in hope that it comes back to you. If I have it on deposit, then you hope that my bank isn't robbed. You see, it's a, it's a different way of thinking. I do not know what who you shall serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord by what? By serving one another. By tending to the weightier matters on a daily, 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 daily basis in a daily ministration. Are you doing that? Then you're not... If you're seeking to do that, then you're seeking the kingdom of God. At least in that aspect. Are you forgiving daily? Are you giving daily? Are you... Or are you going around saying, look what the Illuminati is doing. Look what the bankers of the earth are doing. Look what the Pope is doing. Look what the Black Pope is doing. All these guys are doing these bad, bad things. But I don't have to do anything good. I don't have to create a daily ministration that takes care of the widows and orphans and needy of my society. I don't have to take care of the people that are retarded or you know born with defects uh, in, in our group. I don't have to. I can. I can just go get money from the government. I'll complain about the government, but I. I. I don't have to actually contribute on a regular basis to provide a daily ministration that operates by faith, open charity. I don't even know those other people that are in the network. I don't want to know them. I don't want to know them unless they are willing, unless they are willing to share with me. In fellowship that makes me feel good i I don't know what they're doing, so I assume they're doing nothing, so they should be coming and gathering with me and making me feel good that they gather with me do you Do you even know we have we have a number of people in our local community that are dying. You know, we got news just the other day of more that are dying. They're they're old people. Some are in their 90s. Some are not so old. There's a doctor in our local community, when I say local, within 75 miles, and uh, he's dying of liver cancer, and he's, he's a young guy. He's the worst off of all of them. So what's the solution? Does O'Keefe have a solution? I mean, he says the bankers are controlling the world. And so, I mean, we're here, um, and Phelps is, you know, the, the, you know, the black pope is controlling the world. And, and now they're coming up with cryptocurrency. And just like these guys came up with a document that eventually, a church organizational document where eventually they make the church the ruling judge of their life. They actually have a jurisdictional statement that says the church has that, has that ruling judge. And somehow or other, they think that expunges everything that has gone on before. You repent, turn around, start taking care of one another through faith, open charity and the perfect law of liberty. Start sharing your extra coat, your extra money, your extra food. You know, do the same in meats, he says. That's what John the Baptist says. And then God will sort everything else out. Because you will become, by that humble process, a part of the consciousness of Christ, the collective consciousness of Christ. And He will start revealing things to you, including miraculous healings. Cryptocurrency will disappear in a twinkling of an eye. It does nothing to to cause you to repent, turn around, and go another way. Getting rid of the bankers is not the solution. Getting rid of the need for bankers is great, but cryptocurrency does not do that. Love does that. There's absolutely no reason to give you all the the, the, the technicalities of a free government until you start repenting and turning around and going another way. And that's why Christ spoke to the people in parables, but clearly said they were to love one another as I am loving you. But he spoke to them in parables, but to the apostles he gave specific instruction. Yesterday, the minister who was out watching the sheep came to me when I was in the field and said, you know we have 99 sheep here? Counting the ewes only, not the lambs. He says, we have exactly 99 sheep here. Well, isn't there a parable about 99 sheep? Leave the 99 to go and find the one lost sheep. Unfortunately, there's a lot more than one lost sheep. There's all of you out there. who are following the conspiracy guys. And many of those conspiracies are true. They have to be in order to be effective. They're going to reveal to you that so-and-so is doing this and -and so-and-so is doing that and... And they're changing our currency, and they're deceiving us about 911, and they're getting us involved in wars, and they're bringing in immigrants to create a race war and a religious war. I mean, evil. The guy, the plan within the plan within the plan. You need to know the plan, the top plan, not all the little plans within the plan, the top plan. And you need to know it, not because I tell it to you, because it's revealed to you. The top plan doesn't want you to love one another. It wants you to hate. It doesn't want you to give to one another. It wants you to take. It doesn't want you to forgive one another. It wants you to be like the snake. Stop. You follow the snake until you become the snake. You become like the snake. You have to repent, turn around. You have to start... This is easy. I mean, I mean, what am I saying? Stop hating. Start loving one another. Start taking care of one another. Start casting your bread upon the water. Start, start showing up, not because of the good feeling you're going to get, but because you're going to do good. Because you're not there t- tending to the feelings you want, but you're tending to the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy, and faith. One of the things you will not do is judge men you do not know. You will not impose upon other men that they must do things the way you think they ought to be done. I mean, obviously, you know, the men need to be keeping the Ten Commandments. Not killing one another, not raping, not murdering, not poisoning. You know, and taking care of their own family. But they don't have to show up to the meeting you want them to show up to. They have to. You have to give them license to try to follow the Holy Spirit. Most people will not do that. And occasionally, even those that do that will stumble like Peter. And you need to forgive them because they know not what they do. So let the bankers rule the earth. You get ruled by God. And God will return the earth to you because He's about to take it away from them. But unfortunately, he's about to set everybody free. But unfortunately, most of you aren't going to survive freedom because you haven't really repented yet. So I got a question that came to me. I asked "Are oh, there any questions that people want me to answer. And uh, I got one that said, uh, what are the specific duties of a minister of his church Uh, And an ordained minister of His Holy Church, which is a a very well worded question. Because He made the distinction between the ministers of His Church. Ministers of His Church are men, people are gathering, beginning to learn to gather together. They're not doing everything they're supposed to be, but they're, they're, they're making progress. They're gathering together, some of them. We've got lots of people on the network just sitting there and they're not gathering in a congregation or they're they're looking for the special congregation of saints that makes them feel good. I can tell you this, if you found a congregation of saints, they wouldn't make you feel good. They would be rebuking you because they would actually be loving you. The ministers of his church are are just guys who say, I'm going to help get 10 people together. I'm going to serve them in the best way I can. And the best way I can is to link them to others. It's not little click groups of home churches. It's people that are seeking the kingdom, not congregations. They're seeking the kingdom. So they gather together in hopes of helping other people outside of their congregation. They themselves are not in need on a day-to-day basis. Most of them because of the fact that they're pretty independent, self-reliant people. But somewhere in the network, there's somebody in need. Say you have a thousand people in a network and somebody's in need this week. You got a thousand people. If a thousand people send $100, that's $100,000. Wow. Wow. Of course, it doesn't go into some central bank or anything. It goes to your local minister and he decides whether it goes up to help this guy Over in Poughkeepsie. But because of the fact that it's real sacrifice, real blood on the altar. The ministers are going to make sure that that, those funds are well spent. To the benefit of that individual. And the benefit of that individual is to strengthen him, not to weaken him. Now, how does that come about? I mean, if you just throw money at somebody, you're going to weaken them. They're going to become dependent on the fact that you throw money at them. You want to do charity that strengthens the poor, not weakens them. You see, if, if you started actually having ministers that get this, you know, they're not taking any pay. They're not taking any wages. They're just volunteering their time to facilitate a network that is a mutual assurance program. Not insurance program, assurance. That we're here for you. If you really need help, we are here for you. And we give a drop of our own blood every week. You know, our heart beats one in ten times for somebody else. Not just for ourselves. That Now you're coming in conformity with Christ. You're going to find that difficult. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to do without things. Especially you people that down there where the rubber meets the road. Look at the, 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 the widow's mite. She gave very little. But it was a lot in proportion because she gave everything she had. Who of you are doing that kind of stuff? Who are you that are that are giving in such a way that are showing up together to give together to sacrifice together on living altars of clay and stone Until then, peace on your house and God be with you. so we've lost a little bit of time. I thought evil is trying to stop this show because we're getting into an area that uh, maybe make a little bit of difference. Uh, there's a lot of things I won't share over the radio that I will share in person. It's what we call Campfire Talk. And of course, we've got the Burning Bush Festival coming up here in the latter part of September. And uh, and there are people that are coming from all over the place uh, to be there at the Burning uh latter part of August, excuse me, did I say September latter part of august um that uh we're going to have people coming from all over we'll We'll have uh places to set up lots and lots of tents We have an r v park right next door uh there'll be showers and restrooms available there uh we'll We'll have a fairly large kitchen in order to help prepare meals we'll have outdoor barbecue pits what have you. And, uh, everybody should come somewhat self-sustained, bring their own food. Uh, we're not running a kitchen necessarily for everybody. They should come with the idea of bringing food to share with everybody else. That's the nature of the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Tents. And, uh, we'll, I will set aside time that I will make myself available to all the questions that you come up with. And there'll be lots of time for fellowship. Some of the people were, Someone who has never been to this and the husband was trying to talk them into coming. And they said, but what will the kids do? Uh, if if everybody brings their kids, their kids will find something to do. I can guarantee it. We have a lake right below us. Uh, we have some canoes. If you want to go swimming, if you want to go canoeing, if you want to bring your own boat, uh, do so. Uh, there's life preserver laws in the state of Oregon, so... You have to have a life preserver for everybody in the boat, and everybody underage has to be wearing one. Uh, I didn't make that law. They did. i <laughs> just give you a heads up, but it's a big lake. Uh, there's a river. Uh You can go tubing down the river or whatever. Uh, there's miles, hundreds of square miles of desert for hiking. The mountains are right above us where you can go up into the forest and look down on us in the valley. Uh, so there's lots of things you can do. Uh, you can come early. You can leave late. Uh, but we can answer lots of your questions. And you don't have to pay us a dime. Not $300, not $30. Uh, but uh it's up to you. And we'll answer a lot of these questions like, what is the minister of his church? And of course, we have the free church report online for free. <coughs> Uh, we have uh, the the book that kingdom come that shows you what the altars of clay and altars of stone were from the very beginning uh, God was showing us from the days of uh, of Cain and Abel and Seth he was giving us the symbols of his kingdom on earth where you are to dress and keep it. It's a righteous place because there's righteousness in your heart as you approach it. It is not like your regular churches that tickle your ears, make you feel good, give you a pat on the back, create a sense of fellowship and belonging that deludes you into thinking that somehow or other you're saved and you're actually following the ways of Christ, the ways of Moses, the ways of Enoch. Those ways are completely different. Now, the the second part of that question that was asked is, what is the ordained minister of his holy church? His holy church is a phrase describing his in the sense of Christ. Christ appointed the church. But the church is just an institution like the church in the wilderness that Moses appointed when he appointed the uh, Levites to be the ministers of tens throughout a nation. And the nation was organized. We just recently put up a page on the uh, Iroquois Confederation, the five nations, which was designed to stop intertribal warfare and designed to bring peace because the Indians were killing each other off. They were murdering each other, even eating each other. Well, today they're eating one another still, but they do it through the benefactors who exercise authority. The, the huge welfare on the reservations that have destroyed the Indians. What's destroying the blacks? It wasn't slavery. Well, it is a form of slavery. It's it's the welfare system of the world. Everybody who sends their kids to public school, that's welfare. Everybody who relies on Social Security to take care of their parents, that's welfare. That's destroying you. It's taking... It isn't the Illuminati. It isn't the Pope. It isn't anybody else but you are destroying your own society because you are content to take a bite out of one another. So, therefore, you should be devoured. You're content, even those of you who don't take the benefits, but are slothful in creating a system based on faith, open charity. You are destroying your, the freedom in your society because you're slothful and you should be under tribute. What we're showing you is how free societies created voluntary societies by faith, hope, and charity. And voluntary societies is where you volunteer to show up and other people volunteer to show up. And if they decide not to show up, you don't judge them. You allow them not to show up you're you're looking for to show up yourself you're you're governing yourself you're not governing others you know i have lots of people that could use my help and i but i have ask and you shall receive don't ask don't expect anything so what is an ordained minister he is to be a brother to jesus following the leading of His Father in heaven through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the collective consciousness of Christ. How do you know who's doing that? Is He manifesting the collective consciousness of Satan? You know, is He, is he telling you to hate this person and hate that person and fight against that person and resist that evil? Or is He telling you to repent turn around, think a different way and seek the righteousness of God by tending to the weightier matters of law, judgment and mercy for those of you who will gather together in also reaching out through the sacrifice of the red heifer to help others in their community by strengthening them with your charity not weakening them. Are you doing that? Are you seeking to do that? Is, is that the way that you're following, walking, trekking in? Are you tracking the snake, the beast? Or are you tracking Christ and the righteousness of the kingdom of God at hand? You see, that that's a big difference. That's a big way that we should be approaching... The reality around us. You know, I talked before about uh, uh, you know, distance being immaterial and, and, and explaining in earlier shows about uh, this collective consciousness. Which we are all a part of, whether we like it or not. And, and I, we were talking earlier in the shows, this time, about um, the fact that the symbols that keep appearing throughout the ages, just pop up in people's heads. Well, how did that symbol get there? Well, what else is popping up besides the symbol and the patterns? I mean, I, I you literally can see the person's facial expressions, the muscles in his face distorted to the point where they begin to look alike with people in past history that followed a particular pattern of thought because the spirits of those ages are are rising up in you. We we talk about these mass shootings and massacres and bombings and wars in past times. You know, the the, the, the battles of uh, what was it the uh, massacre of St. Baltimore, I think it was. Uh Bartholomew. St. Bartholomew massacre. And and uh, the religious wars. Thousands upon thousands of people were killed, bloodied, hand to hand. Not dropping a bomb, phosphorus bomb or napalm bomb, but people actually killing one another, murdering one another. We've actually had a lull lately uh, in that bestial nature because it's getting a grip in us where we, we are allowed to continue biting one another and never get blood on our teeth or on our hands. Because we've created a whole system and accepted it. And we've created it with the power of the Constitution. The power of contract. You have a right to contract and you've created this system by your contract, making covenants with them, with the inhabitants where you go and with their gods who are the ruling judges of your life. So you have the classic world, the quantum mechanics world, the quantum field theory world, and the unified fe- field theory based on superstring. This is what the scientists are all explaining in this ocean of intelligence that we talked about in earlier shows, three or four shows back. But what ocean are you a part of? I'm talking about parting the seas. I'm talking about the rock walking on dry land. I'm talking about stop hating the enemy. and Start doing what Christ said, seeking the righteousness of God in all that you do. Not just for yourself, but for others. Habakkuk said in 3.19, The Lord God is my strength, and He will make my feet like hind's feet. And he will make me to walk upon mine hind places, my high places. To the chief singers in my stringed instruments. He will pluck the strings of my heart. Not the people who are the purveyors of hate and, and accusation. Now, yes, there are conspiracies in the world. Yes, there is evil afoot. But you have very little tension span. Let's focus on Christ. Let's focus on Jesus. Let's focus. What would Jesus do? Would he forgive? Would he give somebody another chance? Even somebody who's denying him in his hour of need? People who flee into the darkness when the enemy arrives and leave him alone? Yeah, he's praying for them already. Is that the Spirit that dwelleth in you? So let's let's turn around. Let's think another way. For behold, the Lord cometh forth out of His place and will come down and tread upon the high places of the earth. That's Micah. Micah also said, uh, For... The transgressions of Jacob is all this, and for the sins of the house of Israel, what is the transgression of Jacob, not Samaria, or it's actually the word Shemron watch watching heights, and what are the high places of Judah, not Jerusalem? Are they not Jerusalem? That's what he says, the high places of Judah. Jerusalem is double peace. We have this intellectual approach to the kingdom of God. We have to have the spiritual approach to the kingdom of God. And when we have that spiritual approach, he will lead our hearts. And we will not find ourselves in judgment of others, we will not find ourselves angry with others. We will see the evil. With the light of God through our own eyes. And that light will give us power. We will put an armor of protection around us. But you get that by doing exactly what Christ said. Repent. Think a different way. Don't think battle against the evil. Don't think fighting against the evil. Don't think that your power of resistance against the evil is going to stop it. God will stop it you must seek the kingdom of God. That means you need to come together not just with your buddies that will make you feel good. You need to come together in a vast network of people who actually begin to care about one another as much as they care about themselves. Care about those near and far as much as they care about themselves. Not just those. They don't just love those who can love them back and help them back. We have people in the network that, not in the network of congregation, but in the network that they just they don't see any reason to gather together with a vast network. They've got their buddies, all their survivalist buddies, and they're putting up, you know, they've got their little retreat places, and they, you know, they've got money, and they've that they're going to hold out against the new world order. But God will not be with them, because their plan is one of selfishness. Christ could have taken the money that He had and a few followers and headed to the mountains. He knew what was coming. But He didn't go that way. What way are you going to go? So we're going to talk next time about diversion tactics. But that will have to be next time. Until then, peace on your house. And may God be with you. God bless.